0: Today is Friday, August 25th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Putin finally responds to the plane crash that he likely orchestrated. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe, leave a rating. You can email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. We're getting your emails. We enjoy reading them. Thanks for sending them. Keep them coming. Joining me now, as always, to get through the news of The Cray, as we're doing each and every weekday at 7 a.m., Trey Gons-Phillips. Billy Halliwell still on vacation. He'll be returning next week. What's up, Trey? We've made it to the end. It's Friday. How you doing?
1: Friday's a good day. You know, it every is. day's is a good day, but Friday's <laughs> nice because you get to sleep in on Saturday, unless you have little children yeah. you or know. you
0: work on weekends. No, the sleep thing. See, that's spoken like someone without kids, tray The sleep thing, that ship has sailed a long time ago.
1: That's good, unless you but, have kids.
0: <laughs> you did. I, I know. It's not getting in there. In there. You got it. You got it. Just in time. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do we have coming up on the focus story today?
1: Yeah, so we're going to be talking about a group of people in Central Texas who were inspired by an old testament prophet uh, to pray for rain in the middle of a drought so we'll we'll talk about that
0: that's an interesting one we'll take a look at that on the main thing we talked to cbn's george thomas who breaks down more details on not only what happened to this wagner group leader in russia in that plane crash but also the thousands of russians who have spoken out including christian leaders they're at risk now too and The situation's only gotten worse. All that and more is coming up on today's podcast. But first, we are going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. Russian President Vladimir Putin has made his first public comment since the plane crash that appears to have killed Wagner Chief Yevgeny Prigozhin, saying he was a man of difficult fate, but talented. Two months ago, Prigozhin and his fighters staged that attempted mutiny against Russia's military leadership. Meanwhile, Ukrainian President Zelensky said Ukraine had nothing to do with the crash. And he added, I think everyone realizes who has. President Joe Biden also suggested Putin may have been behind the crash. And the House Judiciary Committee is launching an investigation into Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis and the indictment of former President Donald Trump, Jim Jordan, questioned her motivations for prosecuting Trump. He raised a few key issues, including that four days before the indictment was announced, Willis launched a new campaign fundraising website that highlighted her investigation into Trump. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNNews.com. So clearly with Trump heading into the Fulton County Jail, this is what Democrats wanted, and we're setting the stage here for America being completely divided into two camps. You're going to have one side here saying that the Trump's main political opponent, the current president of the United States, is weaponizing the government against his main rival and throwing him in jail. And you're going to have them saying they're just, hey, look, we're just upholding the rule of law here. And it's just, it's just going to get ugly, Trey.
1: Well, you know, this is what Democrats wanted, but I think uh, it's maybe become what Trump wanted as well, because he's gotten himself a ton of attention uh, because of all this going on. The the first Republican debate, uh, primary debate was last night. uh, And what are we all talking about we're talking about donald trump uh, so i think that's that's an, an interesting piece i think i don't know what the numbers are as of this morning but yesterday his interview on twitter with tucker carlson was over 100 million views uh, so it's fascinating to see all this play out as the primary kind of gets underway for the Republican Party.
0: Yep, I am concerned. I will say this: when when you're not when your worldview is not centered on the Christian worldview, where you have a hope in eternity and hope beyond the material world here right before us, when you don't have that, there can be a lot more desperation when it comes to things like politics you put all your eggs in the politics basket and these politicians do a great job of whipping everyone up into a frenzy, thinking that they have to elect this person or else my world's going to end. And you see that with climate change activists and things of that nature on a whole host of issues. And I worry about this increased rhetoric, this detachment from truth. And because people are not connected to eternity and they're not following God, I do worry about what people will drive themselves to do the The crazier this gets. You know, we joke about the news of the cray, but I mean, here you have, I mean, I there is not a time in American history, ladies and gentlemen, where the main opponent to the sitting president is getting tossed into jails and getting indictments thrown at him left and right, many times for trivial things that any president could have thrown at them, like with the documents and things like that. So- it's just going to heat up, and I do worry about what some people might do.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I've been worried now for a while that this could potentially be the most hostile uh, and potential violent potentially violent uh, election season that we've had, certainly in my lifetime. I mean, I'm only 31, so I haven't gone through a whole lot of them. But um, still, that's noteworthy, right, that I was born when when Bill Clinton was in office, and it's been a relatively peaceful transition of power each time. Uh, but that seems to be eroding. And I think, uh, yeah, that's a scary reality. But I think as believers, as you said, we need to realize that's not our ultimate Our ultimate hope and allegiance isn't whoever's in in the White House, whether it's a Democrat or Republican. Uh, Our faith isn't shaken because we trust in a God who's sovereign. So, yeah, I think keeping everything in proper context is critical.
0: Yeah, indeed. And uh, we certainly need to be praying as Christians for this not to get ugly, ugly as it continues on down the line. All right, we're going to head to the focus story now. And as we mentioned there at the top, Central Texas is experiencing quite a severe drought. So what is... The latest here, Trey.
1: Yeah, so according to the U.S. Drought Monitor, much of Central Texas right now and even other parts of the state are in a drought, but Central Texas is experiencing what's described as an exceptional drought, uh, which is the most severe degree uh, of drought on the scale. It's a category four uh, level drought, uh, and it's marked by, among other things, exceptional and widespread crop loss, extreme sensitivity to fire danger, uh, and most wildlife species these health and population are suffering as a result uh, of the drought so it's been it's it's a huge deal that's obviously starting to have it's trickling down uh, for lack of a better uh, a better phrase it's having a really you know negative impact uh, on everybody at this point because it's been ongoing for so long uh, people are starting to notice that i know before and I, I live in in central virginia on the east coast when we've had droughts before sometimes it's it's pretty short-lived or it feels kind of short-lived and you don't really feel the effects of it uh on on an everyday level uh, but people in central Texas are starting to feel it on an everyday level because uh, they've been asked to not turn on their hose or water their garden except for once every other week at this point because water is at such a premium.
0: The level that it is that people are dealing with there, how, how are they responding to that?
1: Well, I mean, if it's if, if it's any indication, yesterday I was looking at the weather uh, in Hayes County, which is right in central Texas, uh, and it was 101 degrees. Um, so uh, it's definitely pretty hot to not be able to water your garden or even have access to a whole lot of water, uh, that, can be, that can be a pretty scary predicament to be in. So uh, one pastor from Hayes County, his name is Jimmy Darnell, uh, he actually this week has been leading a group of believers uh, in prayer. Uh, he said that they will be praying every single day of this week going into the, the coming week, Sunday is when they're they're planning their last day of prayer. It's just a small group of Christians who have gotten together uh, in the city square uh, or the county square, and they've been praying Uh, that the Lord would bring rain. Uh, And they've also actually been meeting with non-believers. A lot of community members have just been coming out uh, just to kind of join in, even though they're not necessarily believers, they're joining in support of those who are praying. Uh, The pastor in a, a local news interview said, we've got farmers, ranchers, all kinds of folks here, and we're just asking the Lord to send us rain. Our aquifers are at a historic low. Our rivers are drying up. So we've got to have some divine help from heaven.
0: So what's the motivation behind the seven days of prayer?
1: Yeah, that's what I thought uh, was really interesting. Obviously, as believers, many of us will be familiar with the story uh, of Elijah uh, and Ahab, King Ahab. Uh, it's directly from 1 Kings 18, 41 through 46. Uh, King Ahab was obviously praying to, to all kinds of false gods for things, and he wasn't getting them, and he was getting angry. Elijah was confronting him and saying, the reason none of this is happening is because you're disobedient. To God. Uh, and then, in a perfect kind of shoot the messenger scenario, all of Ahab's anger was directed at Elijah. Uh, but Elijah had heard from God and trusted in the Lord's promise that, hey, if you're faithful, if you trust me and you pray, I'll deliver what you need, which in this instance was rain. There was also another instance when, uh, through Elijah, the Lord delivered fire. Uh, but with rain in particular, Uh, He prayed for seven days uh, in a row uh, and trusted God for rain. And then on the seventh day, a small cloud showed up and the rain began. And then the clouds or the sky was filled with dark clouds uh, and the the land was covered with rain. Uh, So this pastor and this group of believers are now trying to harness that same faith and they're petitioning God for that same kind of result.
0: I'm glad to see not obviously a drought. But it is good to see people turn toward God. I mean, you look through Scripture so many times. That is such a key for believers is to in the face of some sort of trial is to turn towards God. So to see that reaction and to see people rallying around that, I think is great.
1: And he also, the pastor, he said, we're praying for drought busting rains. <laughs> by New Year's. He said by New Year's Eve, we'd like to have 40 inches of rain. And this is something I thought was interesting. So he's an older pastor, Darnell. Uh, he said that actually in 2009, they experienced a similar drought that had lasted a similar amount of time, uh, and he and a group of believers from his church and his his community gathered together, and they prayed much in the same way they're they're praying now. And he said, at that time, they saw thirty nine inches of rain by year's end. And he said he's confident that he 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 believes the Lord can do that again. But instead of thirty nine inches in two thousand nine, now in twenty twenty three, he's praying for just that extra inch of forty yeah, yeah. inches of rain by New Year's Eve.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, be careful what you pray for because sometimes you get it. (laughs) They might be getting a lot of water uh, pretty soon, but uh, definitely put them in our prayers as well and that that's answered and they get the water that they are looking for. Appreciate you bringing that one, Trey. Thank you. And that's going to lead us into the main thing right now. Not only are high-profile leaders who criticize Putin's war on Ukraine risking their life, tens of thousands of Russians are as well, including some Christian leaders. CBN's George Thomas has more on this growing list of mysterious deaths in Russia and the threat to anyone who questions Putin and his war. That's today's main thing. What can we take away from this at this point in time?
2: Uh, it, the takeaway is that it is very deadly to be on Vladimir Putin's bad side. Yeah, I mean, since this war started back on February 24th, 2022, more than 39 high profile Russian uh, members of the oligarch, political dissidents, politicians, journalists, more than 39 uh, Russians have mysteriously died from either poisoning to mysteriously you know being uh, you know jumping off buildings, uh, being being killed, gunned down. I mean it just uh, the list continues to grow and it's but no surprise that Progosion uh, in his attempt to conduct this uh, whatever you call it an insurrection, a mutiny a coup d'etat uh, that he would uh, he would continue to survive even though there was this deal, reportedly made that he would go to uh, to uh, to belarus set up camp there many critics are wondering uh, you know what on earth was pogosian doing in russia flying from moscow reportedly to st petersburg uh what was he was he getting ready to uh, you know uh, uh, fulfill a new catering service a catering order <laughs> remember this guy was a, was a chef uh, prior to this he spent time in prison as a criminal Um, So it's no surprise to those who've been watching uh, What he did over the last few weeks Since the the June uh, event And uh, uh, look uh, When you you get on Vladimir Putin's bad side And you are critical of him uh, And you oppose this war that he launched a year ago uh, Be prepared to be killed uh, Or to be mysteriously uh, taken out Uh, That's the reality And, And look there's some, some reporting that perhaps this may have been an onboard uh, device that ended up blowing this, uh, uh, this uh, jet uh, out, of the, out of the sky. Uh, but whatever it is, it sends a very, very clear message to all Russians. If you go up against this uh, Kremlin, uh, be prepared to lose your life.
0: Yeah, it doesn't seem to be an exaggeration when people are calling Vladimir Putin a murderer. I mean, you look at the scenes that are coming out of Russia right now, and it's just it's like something out of a movie, really, quite honestly. Uh, and and look, these high profile leaders like uh, Prigozhin are not the only ones. I mean, there are thousands of people who have had the courage to speak their views against what Russia's doing in Ukraine, and they're facing reprisals as well.
2: Absolutely. In fact, uh, right before the war started uh, last year, uh, the Kremlin passed a a number of laws that would, in essence, make it a crime to discredit the Russian military, make it a crime to speak against uh, the military uh, operation in, uh, in, in Ukraine. In fact, to call it a war is a crime. In fact, to pray for peace. Uh, as opposed to victory is a crime. I'm reminded of uh, uh, just a few months ago, uh, a Russian, a member of the Russian Orthodox Church, when when the head of the Russian Orthodox Church, uh, 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 Bishop uh, uh, Kirill, uh, when he asked uh, his clergymen to pray for victory. This was just uh, shortly after uh, Putin decided that he would call up more reservists to enter the war, uh, Bishop Kirill sent a word to all clergy in, in across Russia that uh, during their su- Sunday services that they should say a prayer for victory. In fact, one particular priest decided to substitute the word uh, victory for peace. Uh, a few days later, he was defrocked and had to escape for his life. Today, he uh, uh, meets uh, an old Russian Orthodox Church in Antalya, uh, Turkey uh, But this is the reality and it's not just Russian Orthodox you know, priests Evangelical Christians belonging to Pentecostal Baptists uh, Other streams of, uh, of the Protestant evangelical movement have uh, faced similar pressure And uh, uh, today, just uh, a few weeks ago Amnesty International releasing an exhaustive list. More than 21,000 Russians uh, today have either been detained, have been labeled foreign agents, or have been jailed uh, because of these cra- uh, laws that have been passed, making it a crime to protest, to voice your opposition uh, in of this, of this war that the Russians have uh, engaged against Ukraine.
0: And you talked to one of uh, these Christians in particular, Yuri Sipko, who uh, was charged with one of these crimes. Tell me about that.
2: Yeah, exactly. On August eighth, members of Russia's FSB, uh, with the equivalent of uh, the U.S.'s FBI, they went. Uh, they 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 did a raid on his uh, on his home. Uh, the video shows about three. The FSB agents fully armed, uh, completely with helmet and bulletproof vest, carrying heavy assault uh, weapons, barged into Sitko's uh, home, and they proceeded to videotape various diaries, notes, uh, business cards, uh, various contacts, the Bible, different Christian literature. They've charged him uh, under this law of uh, a crime for, for discrediting the russian military operation in uh, in ukraine several months ago he was on a uh, being interviewed on a particular youtube channel and he made the the, the assessment that what russia is doing uh, is a crime that killing thousands of ukrainians was a crime destroying their homes was a crime uh, this, you know in essence ha- forcing millions of ukrainians to uh, to escape from their homeland into europe and other parts of the world was a crime, and for that uh, he there was an arrest warrant uh, for uh, no, a warrant for his arrest. He managed to be tipped off, and uh, uh, after arriving in an undisclosed location, uh, we had a chance to speak to him, uh, and that interview will air next Friday on CBN News. But uh, in essence, again, this is a high-profile, one of the most high-profile uh, evangelical leaders in uh, in Russia. A member of the Baptist church was a leader in a number of major evangelical alliances And and I asked him, what what kind of a message do you think this sends uh, to the Christian community? And he said, look, they are trying to use me as they have used Nalbani, as they have used now Pregosian uh, To take a high profile person and make an example out of him To say that irrespective of who you are Whatever views you hold, whatever religion you follow, if you go up against the Kremlin, we will come down very hard on you. And um, in this case, Sipko managed to to escape. He was tipped off, uh, tipped off that the uh, FSB were on the way to his uh, to his apartment, and he managed to escape. And today he is in hiding, and today he is a wanted man.
0: Well, wow, I mean, that tip-off, I mean, it's very likely he got away with his life there just by getting out in time. Incredible story. Looking forward to seeing your full interview there. George, any final thoughts on where things go from here?
2: Uh, I think, you know, look, uh, right now, as you look at the battlefield uh, in Ukraine, we are at a stalemate. Uh, clearly, you know, Russia's uh, intent to take over the entire country uh, back on February 24th has not materialized. Uh, it is a slog. It will continue to be a slog, especially in the eastern part uh, of the country. The Ukrainians are attempting to launch multiple counteroffensives. It's a uh, it's a street by um, street, uh, village by village, town by town operation. Uh, the Ukrainians obviously are in it for the long haul, and and I think bloody days are ahead. Uh, and, uh, and 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 uh, Moscow realizes that. Uh, uh, you know they clearly underestimated uh, their enemy, uh, and uh, this will continue for the unseeable future. And in the process, on both sides, uh, people will continue to lose their lives, and um, uh, it's going to be a hard slog going forward.
0: And you can check out my full conversation with George Thomas on the CBN News YouTube channel. The link to that video is in the description of this. Podcast episode all right, that's going to leave us with time on the podcast today for one last thing
1: yeah, we're going to look at deuteronomy seven nine it says the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps co- covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. I think just a great reminder of even the focus story right that that if if we're in trusting in Christ. God's going to be faithful. He's going to keep the promises that are written in his word.
0: Yeah, and that's a comfort that we have as Christians to know that as many times as people, we mess up. God never does. He always keeps his word, and we can trust that that word's never going to fail. Our experience with other people is often we, we're we always going to fail each other. And so we have to be mindful of the fact that God does not His promises are true and that they are good for all time all right that is all the time we have for the podcast today get yourself on over to com and faithware.com as always and lord willing and that creek don't rise we shall return tomorrow god bless see you then